0: I hold on to nothing I hold on to father as we go into your word I must decrease and you must increase I must increase and only what you say but decrease in everything else father I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here this morning Thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here this morning. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here this morning. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here this morning. We can't walk without you. We can't talk without you. We can't live without you. We can't breathe without you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Before we put our title up, I'd like us to go to our scripture reading. Our text is going to be pulled from Joshua chapter 6 verses 1 through 5, and then we will jump down to verses 20 and 21. You I love the dark background with the bright words hallelujah how many of you like that better yeah I do hallelujah hallelujah now Jericho was securely Uh, there's one thing that I have to to do There was a lot of personal research that I went into to locate these. Does anybody know what that is? It's a special earbud, but it's a buffering earbud, meaning that if the, if, if, if the music and worship is too loud for you, this, will bring it down and make it sharper to your ear. It's an earbud that has an entire hole right through the middle with a buffering pad here and it's made to fit perfectly in the ear. Uh, Some of us have sharper hearing than others. Some of us have diminished hearing. If your hearing is diminished, you would not need this. You're already hearing at a minimal level. But if, as we attempt to bring balance between loudness and, uh, and softness in our worship, between the, uh, the exuberant worship that our 35 and below people love and balance that against uh, the folks that, are, that I'm getting closer to that remember the old rugged cross and blessed assurance and we just wanted a little, little less. Uh, make sure that you see myself at some point this week you will have one of these that you own. There will be no sharing. Hey, these are for your ears, and you will be able to put them in. It will not affect you hearing. It will just bring everything down during worship, and you can pull it back out, put it in your little seal zippy, put it in your handbag, or wherever, and you'll be fine. Hallelujah. Now Jericho was securely shut down or shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor, You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priest shall blow blow the trumpets, if it shall come to pass when when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him, verse 20, so the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpet, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat, just as God said it would, Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, oxen, sheep, and donkey, with the edge of the sword, as God had instructed. Don't don't forget that. So, If you're sitting and you have any qualms or worries about why God would instruct them to do this, Jericho was the absolute symbol of sin before they stepped into the Promised Land. It was the last big hurdle of sinful behavior of a people who were not at all committed to worship of Yahweh before they would cross into the promised land. And so God said, since this is the ultimate symbol, you need to do the ultimate thing that you would normally do about sin. You don't keep any of it. You don't, you don't protect what looks good to your eye and destroy the rest of it? No. When you go into this place that is symbolic of, of sin at its height, I want you to clear the ground, clear, kill everything. Today I want to expound a little bit on how to topple the walls of your Jericho when everything is securely shut up? How do we topple the walls of our Jericho when everything is shut up? The children of Israel had come to a place where they had to go through this. They could not go around it. They could not sidetrack it. They couldn't go on it. They had to go through that. Can I say this morning that many of us have been facing Jerichos that seem to have insurmountable walls? If you are as human as I am, There are times when you have struggled, not just with keeping up with the fight, but at some point, out of nowhere, a Jericho shows itself that it doesn't matter what you do, it's still standing there. You don't have to say amen. Thank you for that one right there. Hallelujah. That's an absolute encouragement to me. How to topple it? I've looked at this story, and all of my life, it was all about the walking around of Jericho. Am I right? Our parents, our Sunday school teachers told us so much about God's instruction to his people to go to this place that seemed insurmountable, that seemed indestructible, and walk around it once for six days, and on the seventh day, walk around it seven times, and and I will show my power. That was the essence of the story for me as I was growing up. But as I become hungry, more hungry for God, as I feel myself needing to press in and find out if there is anything more that I can get to help me in my walk, I have begun to dig into the background of this story and realize that the walk around Jericho was the end product and not the beginning. That many of us are walking around our issues telling God, thank you, Lord, for breakthrough. Oh, Lord, I worship you. I know you're coming through. We have spent years walking around Jericho. And without knowing, because we have not been taught and shown that there was much more to be done before you start walking around Jericho and screaming victory. Can I say it's probably one of the most painful things that can happen to us? As believers, have you been going to a church early in your, your years where they told you to do one thing? That they told you being a believer was one thing, and then you find out later on that, that it's not quite that? That it's not just about coming on the first Sunday of the month and taking communion, but that there has to be a reconciling of your flesh to God's purpose and a sanctifying that has to go on even before you lift the cup that we came from places where all you had to do was eat the bread and drink the cup and stuff will happen. And now we're disappointed because we find out that it's not just that. As I looked at this story, that's what happened again. One of the first things I noticed that is in Joshua chapter 3, before they got to Jericho, they had to cross over Jordan. And God instructed Joshua, who had now taken over. For Moses that we talked about, that you should set things up in a certain way. I want you to have the priests standing in a certain way with the Ark of the Covenant, with the Levites and the worship team going before you, and when they step into the waters of Jordan, it will part just like the Red Sea did, and you will walk over on dry land. But he said something to them that was a precursor to the walls of Jericho coming down that I know is absolutely important that I have missed before. It comes out of Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Can I say, quite often, we, we get caught on the Lord will do wonders among you, and we completely miss sanctify yourself? Can I tell you that I have missed that? I have gone on a shouting glory, praise God spree, and I have completely missed the fact that God says, I'm going to do wonders for you, Burton Ross. But I've got a requirement. And my first requirement is that you sanctify yourself. Let's make this clear. When he says, sanctify yourself, when he says, consecrate yourself to me, this is an inner work. This is not for the world to see. Your family might not notice the change right at this point. Your husband or wife may not notice the change right at this point that you will continue to be ridiculed and called things that you are not anymore because sanctification is on the inside at some point the results of inner <clears throat> consecration shows itself on the outside but for some of us that takes years because we're fighting with our own fleshly things, stuff that have always been an Achilles heel for us. He said, sanctify yourself. I want you to put this word near to that statement. Sanctification, when God says, when God says, I want you to sanctify yourself, It's about reestablishing ownership. Who owns you? Can I say, Brother Frank, that in the history of my own Christian walk, that quite often I have behaved myself as if God did not own me? Can I say, Brother Scott, that there are times when, if you had heard me. Speak and see me react rather than respond in situations. That the only conclusion that you could come to, David, is that God does not own him. Oh, yeah, I know he goes to church. I, I, listen, she's been going to that church for 20 years. But I am standing over here looking at fruit And that fruit right there don't come from a God tree. And he says, the first thing I want you to do is sanctify yourself. I want you to get in your closet. I want you to get with me in a secret place. And I want you to start Pulling on my presence to wash you. Pulling on my anointing to cleanse you. Pulling on my glory to enhance and refurbish and revitalize and recreate a new man on the inside. Consecrate yourself. I'm so happy that God does not have a pencil and eraser. And every time I do something good, he gives me a strike. And then when I mess up, he takes the spin and marks it back off. And I'm busy going from one to zero, one to zero, one to zero, one to zero. I can't make any progress. I am so happy this morning that everybody around me can do that. But God has said, I will not look at you like that. Everyone else looks on the outside. But I, because of my love for you, all because of my grace, all because of my mercy, I look at your heart. Sanctify yourself. Sanctify yourself. The minute sanctification begins, The doors of blessing are released in your life. I want you to get this. The minute you and I get in the closet and start to sanctify ourselves and start to take our our commitment, our consecration, saying to God, whatever spot was left on this vessel before, I am by the help of your Holy Spirit taking it off. I do not want to be blemished like this anymore. I do not want to be scarred and scuffed like this anymore. Polish me up. Sanctify me. You may not see... This is what messes us up with the sanctifying process is that our 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 body our mind has been created and continues to be pushed into the fast food mode. We want to invest today and receive today. We want to invest today and see it today. We want to commit today and see it today. We want to pray today and see the results right now. But I'm telling you, our flesh doesn't need that because that's exactly what our flesh wants. Sanctify yourself. I'm telling you that if you sanctify yourself, if you put yourself before me and you lay prostrate and you say God there's something in me that's causing this thing to reoccur every six months in my life every year I feel the cycle coming every three weeks I feel the cycle coming there is something that is in me that needs to come out I want you to sanctify me I want you to consecrate me I want you to make me a new creation. If this is the cry of your heart, can I tell you Jordan has already been parted? You just hadn't seen it yet? Can I tell you that God has already made a way You just haven't seen the physical manifestation at this point. You have got to know on the inside that once I begin the new process of sanctifying, consecrating, reestablishing God, Brother Sammy, God is the owner of my life. Even when I mess up, God is the owner of my life. Even when I don't do right, God is the owner of my life. Even when my speech is off kilter, God is the owner of my life. Because my heart is panting. I want to do good. I want to do good. I want to do better. He said to them, sanctify yourself. This is all before Jericho. What did we say about going around Jericho? It may look stupid and it may look crazy, and we have looked at the craziness of walking around Jericho and taught that that was the beginning. That's the end. We'll talk about why, what, what that means in a moment. Point number two For success to happen at Jericho, not only sanctification has to take place. Ownership reestablished. God, you own everything. Everything in my life belongs to you. But the other thing is that circumcision, help me, Lord, help me. Circumcision of yourself by God is required. We did an entire series on circumcision several months ago. How many of you remember that in Bible study? And one of the things we we established was when God spoke to them about circumcising themselves, we talked about sanctification happening in the spirit. Nobody seeing that. Circumcision will be both physical and spiritual, but quite often it's the first time people will begin to see physical things that you decide to do to be aligned yourself properly with God. One of the things we talked about in a physical sense was why did God instruct Moses the first time to have all of Israel circumcised What was the reason? And we came up with questions in our own head. Now, Lord, this part of my body is private to me. I am not interfering or messing with anyone else's life. So why are you asking me to cut off the foreskin of something on me that doesn't hurt you? Lord, explain this to me again. Why will you ask me to do something that has no bearing on the people around me? I'm not hurting nobody. I'm not interfering with anyone else's life. This is my private stuff. It's not even stopping me from worshiping. I still tied like I always have. I'm still on the worship team. Why are you picking on this and telling me this has to be circumcised when I don't see any reason why it should be? And there goes the point. Because sanctification is about ownership, circumcision is about obedience. He says to them in Joshua chapter 5 verse 1 through 7, look at this with me. So it was when all the kings, the Amorites who were on the, and this is a little read, On the west side of Jordan and on the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over that their hearts melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. You know why I included that? Because when you read that first verse... The question is, well, if our enemies are already scared of us, if they are already lost heart because of what you did with us and through us in Jordan, then why will you ask us this? Verse 2. At that time, (laughs) it ends by saying, verse, the first one, that their enemies were fearful and lost heart, And in verse two, it says, and at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel against the second, again, the second time. The first time was when they were coming out of Egypt And God says, I I want to reestablish that you are mine, you belong to me, don't ask me questions, this is what I want. Are you going to do it or are you not going to do it? There's no discussion. This is what I've chosen to be the mark. Has God chosen something to establish you as the mark in your family that you have been unwilling to circumcise? My family respects me. They call me a Christian. They ask me all kinds of Christian stuff. But maybe it's time for you to start laying hands and bringing deliverance to people in your family rather than just having their respect. And that will happen if you could only obey. But no. mm-mm, so Joshua made flint and ice for himself And circumcised the sons of Israel At the hilt of the foreskin And this is the reason This is the reason Why Joshua circumcised them All the people who came out of Egypt Who were males All men of war Had died in the wilderness On the way to the promised land After they had come out of Egypt Why? For all the people who came out of Egypt had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. Keep going. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because of what? Because of what? Because of what? Is it because of anything else that we can see? When God said, I know you don't understand it. I know you don't see how this makes works together for the good. I know how you don't see how these two things connect. But what I'm asking you to do is obey. Can I tell you very honestly, I have messed up numerous times on this. And God keeps telling me, son, to obey is better than singing on the worship team. To obey is better than preaching. To obey is better than going on a Seven-day fast. To obey is better than preaching the best sermon you can. To obey is better than giving out alms and being kind to people. To obey is better than speaking in tongues. To obey is better than casting out devils. To obey, I will not barter. I will not make deals between you and me when I have required that you do something as small or as big as it looks, and you decide, I have a better idea. Because they did not obey the voice of the Lord, to whom the Lord, by the way, all of the people that came out of Egypt didn't die because Moses and Aaron led them out, and Moses wrote this. And Moses was here, but didn't go into the promised land, and we've talked about that in in Bible study, that everyone thinks it was about retribution. You disobey God, no you can't go in the, the word doesn't support that it doesn't support that it doesn't support that two years after they got out of Egypt God tells them to first of time not hit the rock and water will come out the second time speak to the rock Moses did not know that that was a type of Christ coming over a thousand years later so God couldn't make any deals on that it was about it was about you and me if God that but that was only two years after they got out of Egypt do you guys understand that the Ten Commandments came after that to Moses do you guys understand that after God God told him because because you did not because you did not what trust me not because you didn't obey me and hid the rock instead he said, because you did not trust me, because your faith level wavered after you've known me so well, you can't go in. And 38 years went on before they got into the promised land, and he and God were still buddies. I want you to see, this wasn't about retribution After this incident is when Moses saw God face to face he stood there and he said I want to see your glory I want to see you face to face God said nobody you know me better than anyone else you are closer to me than anyone else on the face of the earth but you can't see my glory you will die instantly what I will do is let my goodness pass before you And when he had seen God's goodness and came down, he was glowing so much that the people couldn't even look at him. He had to wear a veil over his face. (laughs) But we get back to this portion. They had decided not to obey. And those who didn't obey couldn't enter. They were killed. Can I tell you this morning that obedience again is better than sacrifice? That obedience is better than sacrifice? The first thing that precipitated their victory at Jericho was sanctification. The second thing was plain obedience. You don't have to understand. I don't have to understand. I just need to obey. I said something here. Physical changes will often have to be made and the new spiritual habits practiced. When God is calling for obedience in our lives quite often physical changes will often have to be made. And number two Spiritual habits, new spiritual habits will have to be practiced. What does that mean? For some of us, it's weight loss. That's something about either too much weight or too little weight is stealing time away from God. You're spending too much time worrying about that. And he can't get you to hear him properly to obey For some of us, it's how you leave the house. Everyone thinks you're tidy. They see you dressed in church. But if by any chance they walk by the house, it looks like a whirlwind, a tornado has swept through your home. Do you you think see many times we don't we, we sit down and we worship and praise God and we don't understand that sometimes the things that that are just ruckus and out of order in our in the flesh is messing up God's spiritual agenda right. why it is that one of the first things the establishment, a young man gets into the army, or a young woman, is, is obeying orders. I have seen many a young man, Jordan, they don't listen to their mama, they don't listen to their father, they don't listen to any adult, they've got an attitude, but they go away to boot camp, Brother Scott, for six weeks. That's right. And they come back. And all of a sudden, the same young man or woman that had no respect for authority is talking to their mama and saying, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Yes, sir, no, sir. And they will not walk off anymore as a parent is talking to them. They stand there until the conversation is done. Why? Because there has been a requirement that you learn how to obey orders. Or as they said in that movie, we obey orders or people die. How you leave your home. Some of us, how you keep your car. You don't even think about offering somebody a ride from church. You think that doesn't affect spiritual etiquette? Especially the inside. How we text, God dealt with me about that. Most of the time I text now, I say, shalom, peace. I want to start it with God now. Blessed. God bless. How are you? Greetings. Hallelujah. Something that says to the other person, know how you re- you, you're replying to me. Right. Some of us, My God. Our, our text patterns is so mediocre and so unchristian mm. that you text something to an unsaved person and they have no problem replying with an F or an S in it My goodness. because you have not established in your text that everything about me has new ownership. If we can't get together and put our bodies, our minds onto this kind of subjection, Jericho is an anomaly. It will not be a regular occurrence. Yeah. The random look of your face. I've spent a lot of time looking in the mirror while I'm praying or while I'm reading the word, Stick putting stickies up reminding myself of what I'm meditating on this week, things that I didn't do before, new patterns that I'm creating. Some of us, we go to the, to Walmart, I have seen many a believer walking in Walmart and the minute I looked at them, I said, I better look, go the other way. It's not that they may have had a bad attitude, they could be very pleasant, but just the way they carry themselves is not to say, come, let me show you the love of Jesus. Their facial expression says, stress, anger, anxiety, don't say nothing to me. And we wonder why our evangelism is going this way instead of this way. On the spiritual side, increased regular prayer time. Has God been asking you to do that? Just add five or ten minutes to what you're doing now. Oh, that's too much. I'm already above average. I pray pray 15 minutes a day. (sighs) Okay. Okay. Fasting something new that your carnal man loves. Fasting something new that your carnal man craves. One of the biggest victories I've seen in a friend of mine was for him to sit down and say, Pastor, there was a time that I could not go without drinking an entire liter of Pepsi every week. I needed it. But I praise God that he has broken that in me. Pepsi has no control over me no more. I drink a sip in here, a sip there when I feel like, but it doesn't control me. It doesn't control me. It doesn't control me. It doesn't control me. Doesn't control me. I, I fasted, I broke the curse of Pepsi in my life. Some of us got a curse of pork chops, got a, a curse of, 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 of beef, a curse of something that we cannot just put to the side. Some of us we don't have the activity that, that requires three meals a day, and yet we eat three meals a day. Three meals a day were when people didn't have combines in cars, and everything had to be done manually in the fields. You had to walk everywhere. Your calories were being burnt very quickly. And we wonder about obesity and all of these things. I, I, I'm not picking on any. Meditate on the word. Keep a journal. You've never kept a journal of what God has been doing so that you can pull your journal out and and speak what God did for you before when the adversary is telling you God is a failing God. These are new physical and spiritual areas of obedience that God might be calling on you to commit to and they're all a precursor to Jericho coming down in your life. (sighs) Number one was ownership. Number two was obedience. Number three, I know we're over twelve but you need this. We're gonna get it. We're gonna be fine. A new faith walk must be established. A new faith walk must be established. A new faith walk must be established. If there was no, uh, and and that's trust, trust in God. A new faith walk must be established. And on the side, I put in parentheses, I put trust. I put trust. The the other one, I put uh, number two, Uh, circumcision of yourself is required, and I put in parentheses, obedience. Number one, I put uh, sanctify yourself, and on the side, I put ownership. Joshua chapter six, verse two. For the children of Israel walked 40, and the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given you Jericho into your hand, Its kings and the mighty men of valor, you shall march around the city, all your men of war, you shall go around the city once, and you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets, rams, horns, but the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, the priests shall blow the trumpets. shall come to pass when they make a long blast and the ram's horn's blow and the trumpets and all the people shout the great shout, then the walls of Jericho will fall down. I'm not going to go to 20 and 21. We read that already, that they did exactly what God told them to do and the walls came down. Can I say that if you cannot get past sanctification every day, Lord, I sanctify myself. There's something that I don't even know about that you have to clean out of me. If you can't get beyond the point where God is pointing at specific things in your life today and saying, I want you to obey. I want you to stop this. I want you to, to start this. I want you to not do this anymore. If we can't do that, simple obedience, then, then you are putting your fate, F-A-I-T-H, on the chopping blocks because it will look very stupid to you It will only be registered to your carnal mind when God said, oh, you don't have the money? You don't see it? Just worship me. No, that don't make no sense. The bill has to be paid today. I have to get the car payment today. They can repossess the car today. I can't drive without insurance next week. God, I, I don't have it. And instead of just doing what God said, worship me, just worship me, worship me, thank me, read my word back to me and thank me, we do something else. And we cut ourselves out of the blessing of walking in faith. If you walk in faith and I walk in faith and they did what God told them to do, that established trust. You trust me. To take care of you and bring the walls of Jericho down. And I trust, and and I trust you to obey by just walking around without any explanation to anyone, knowing that I will keep my word. Father.